what is going on everybody this is season one episode three of finding rhythm podcast my name is tj jacobs and you are listening to a very special podcast interview today today we're touching on mental health and as a lot of you know we're going through a whole pandemic right now a lot of us have thoughts a lot of us have so many things that we're dealing with for the first time ever Suicide rate is at an all-time high. Mental health awareness is so much more important now than ever before. Our next guest is going to talk about so many of these issues and more. Her name is Dr. Courtney Howard, and she is an adult psychiatrist in Atlanta, Georgia. She completed her psychiatry training at the Albert Einstein School of Medicine in the Bronx, New York. I had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Courtney Howard in New York, and she is definitely such a warm spirit, and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today. She is going to touch on depression versus sadness and ways that we all can just have those emotional check-ins for ourselves. And she says a beautiful tag word, go heal yourself. And I can't wait for you to find out why. Without further ado, Dr. Courtney Howard. Okay, greetings, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on Finding Rhythm Podcast. Today, I'm so excited to have a very special guest. Her name is Dr. Howard, and she hails from New York City, and she currently resides in Atlanta. So, Dr. Howard, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for taking your time out on this beautiful day and to just have a wonderful and but very important conversation about the work that you do. So you are a adult psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And can you just give us a little brief history on you, your background, so the audience can get to know you? Yeah, so I have been doing my training in uh, psychiatry at New York's Albert Einstein College of Medicine, and I spent about six years there, but now I've moved back uh, south to Atlanta, just being closer to family and friends, but um, I really enjoy psychiatry, and it's actually a very exciting time for psychiatry, particularly for uh, people of color, because as of late, you know, there's been a lot of push around therapy and self-care and people are getting more involved. And now the demand for therapists of color is so high. So it's just a really great time to be in this field and really try to connect with people and, and help them heal because there's a lot of healing that needs to be done. And I'm also so excited because I, I think it's a very important topic within the Black community in general, where it's mental health and so many things that are happening, so many things that are going on, and um, we definitely need this. We need this conversation. We need people like yourself. We need the workers. So um, I'm excited about this interview. Um, so what made you initially want to go into your field? I actually, initially, when I went to medical school, I thought I would be a pediatrician. And I did my pediatric rotation. I was like, I don't know if I really like this. And I actually did another one just to make sure that I really didn't like it because I really thought I would love it. But um, during this time period, uh, I had a psychiatry rotation and I just really fell in love with, it kind of felt like the underdog spirit where people come into the unit and 
maybe they're down on life, they feel like they don't want to live anymore and just are over it. And they're able to come into this place where they can, uh, you know, talk with people about their feelings, have like therapy groups, art, art therapy, music therapy, just all these kinds of things where they can just take a time out essentially from life, regroup, process, and then feel by the time they leave, like, okay, I had some time to figure out what's the next step. I do want to live again. I am excited. And it was just something about that that was really rewarding for like helping somebody want to live again. I really enjoyed that. And so how has that affected um, your work now? So now I, um, in the time of the pandemic, um, I, I really recognize how important it is for people to take care of their mental health and, and have a, a, I call it like an arsenal of self-care tools, because this is just a time like no other. And to kind of be in this space for the first time where you're now just now dealing with your emotions and learning how to self-regulate and process is like, man, this is stuff that it would have been helpful if a lot more people had these tools before the pandemic, but we're here now. So, <laughs> you know, helping people navigate it. I, I really think it's important for people to, to get them a self-care toolkit, so to speak. How is quarantine life going for you? It's actually for me, it's, it's been, um, more so as of late because I've just moved down here and I'm trying to, you know, get a house and all that stuff together. I've been pretty occupied with that. So I'm, I'm no longer just kind of really in the house, just focus on things. I kind of have tasks I need to complete. So right now it hasn't been so bad, but like that, the, those first couple of months, I mean, it was nice in the beginning because it was like, okay, virtual, I got to go in nowhere. But, you know, no, after a while... No school, like, no work. Right. <laughs> Working from home, what is this? Working from home, like, let me, like, meditate more in the morning <laughs> and, like, you know, all of that. But then it starts to become routine and you're just kind of like, all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it's, it's been interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I know you were, were you in New York for the beginning part of it? I was only for a little bit because actually um, my the year that I had it um, during my last year of training, it allowed me to work virtually. So I actually left um, New York around mid-March okay. and came to Atlanta uh, with my family down here just kind of because they were really worried because I'm the only one in, in New York and they were like, you need to get around somebody. <laughs> So do you have any suggestions with your own experience from clients that have been dealing with this pandemic? Um, what, what have you seen on your end? Um, so I think what's come up, um, and not even just from clients, because, you know, being the feelings doctor, <laughs> you know, you got friends and family like, no, oh, let me talk to my psych friend about what's going on and how I'm feeling and things like that. So not even just from clients, just uh people close to me in general is that some people have been have never come across certain feelings that they're experiencing in this time and they don't know what to do with it they're like you know i feel sad but i'm scared that if i feel this sadness is going to lead to depression and suicide and like just like how how much can i allow myself to feel before i should get worried so 
you know, helping people understand, like, you know, certain feelings are just normal human feelings that you need to, your body needs you to feel that. Don't suppress your feelings, your sad feelings and things like that. So I urge people, like, if you're feeling sad, if you feel like you want to cry, do that. Like, you're, this is message your body is sending that you need to process this. Now, when you should start to worry about, like, okay, is this moving to depression? Depression is different from sadness. Some people just throw the two together, but they're actually distinct things, clinically speaking. So sadness is a natural emotion you feel, but you usually will feel it for you know, a certain time period, and then it resolves. Whereas depression is this just ongoing, it seems like you can't ever hit a peak where you feel okay, you feel happy. You may be sleeping more, you may be sleeping less, you may be eating a lot more, you may be eating a lot less. It's just more of a cluster of symptoms as opposed to just this feeling of sadness. So helping people distinguish like, it's okay to feel sad. But yes, be mindful when you feel like you're in depression and you just never feel happy, you never feel okay. There's never those like moments where you watch TV and you're laughing like in spite of the sadness. So there's a difference, helping people, educating people more on like, okay, what's normal? And then when should you start to be a little more concerned? Do you feel like there was a turning point during the pandemic where some of the concerns from everyone really started to take effect. George Floyd, for, for me personally, George Floyd was like, oh my God, like just stuff hit the fan, <laughs> especially at that point, because people were already, you know, stressed with Corona, but it wasn't, um, you know, it was like, oh, this is terrible, but it actually even like around May, stuff started to like reopen. And at that point, stuff was changing. So, you know, people had started to, to feel a little bit better about that, but George Floyd hit and it was just like, oh my goodness, like people are already like semi-irritated from being at home so much, not being able to do their normal things. Absolutely. And then the trauma that for people of color, this is nothing new. But to see it again, while you're already kind of irritated, just really threw a lot of people, you know, through a loop and then not being able to do anything to distract yourself. Like perhaps normally you've seen the prior shootings and, you know, you've been able to go out and like, you know what, I'm just going to leave the house and go do this. Or I'm about to go do this. And you don't have those normal coping mechanisms that you've established for yourself to help deal with the trauma. And so a lot of people just lost it at that time and was really just uh, like hurt and frustrated and angry. And, you know, you saw some of that playing out um, with certain things in the streets. And so I would say that time was when a lot of people just, just were tired. They were irritable. They were frustrated. It just was a tough time. Yeah. Even on my end in New York, you know, we were in, we were in quarantine um, throughout that whole process. And then George Floyd happened. And when the protests started happening, that was the first time that a lot of people in New York City were able to actually go out the house. That was the first time that a lot of people actually saw other people or saw other neighbors. And there was just so many amounts of emotion um, that, that first time hitting the streets. And, I, and I, I remember that distinctly. And I'm just like, everyone is just dealing with this the best way that they can. And it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Do you have any tips for anyone who to have check-in moments um, with themselves about their emotions and depression? Yeah. I, one thing that I suggested to people um, 
especially if you, you know, you may feel like, I don't know if I'm ready to talk to somebody about certain things or whatnot, is journaling. And journaling is a great way for you to have a place to get your raw emotions out where you don't feel like you have to filter it for somebody or, you know, cover up, say you really want to curse. Like you don't have to cover that up. You just whatever is truly coming to mind, get it all out through journaling. Because the thing about journaling is that you're still able to process your emotions. And that's like the, the biggest thing that's necessary. So having a place where you can get out your raw feelings and really say, you know, I'm sad, I'm feeling angry. I'm like, I, you know, hate whatever. Like you can say whatever and really allow yourself to feel those emotions. That's probably like the quickest, easiest way that um, somebody can really process those emotions. I, I find that's really helpful for, not only for me, but then other people when they really want their raw feelings noted but feel like it may be too much for somebody else that's a really great way to get that out next question any tips or suggestions that you have for healing i really urge people to use this time especially because it's slow down you can't really or you can nowadays a little bit more but it's not as easy to distract yourself from from dealing with yourself we all have like things that have happened to us growing up, childhood, recently, or things that we're just not proud of. And taking this time to, to just ask yourself these questions. Like, why do I feel like this? Why do certain things bother me? Just really taking this time to get to know yourself. And sometimes you can't. Um, sometimes we have blind spots for things that we've just really shut out from our mind that you know, even if we wanted to know those reasons why we do certain things, we can't. And then the, what helps with that is the therapist or somebody um, who can help see those blind spots and try to piece together, you know, perhaps this is why you, you respond like this in certain situations. So a lot of therapists are doing things virtually now. Um, so it'd be great if you find a therapist. Note, though, that sometimes the first therapist is not the best fit. Sometimes you have to, like, shop around and, you know, figure out, like, okay, maybe I need a, more of a therapist that's like this. And it can be a process, but once you find the right one, I'm telling you, it's a game changer. Like it's, for me, when I found the right therapist, such a game changer in my life. Ugh. So yes, I really urge people to do that. Why do you think it's such a, I'm not gonna say a taboo, but it's something that we normally don't really talk about, especially in the black community. Why do you think that is? Typically it's, you know, especially the Black community coming from a place where we've had to be so strong all the time and like put on a strong front to just survive and, you know, do the things we need to do to now be in this place where you are vulnerable and you're expressing like emotions that show that, yes, no, actually I'm hurt or actually, you know, I'm bothered by that instead of a strong frontal force that uh you know has been passed on from generations because of survival i think it, it's just it's different it's not anything that you know oftentimes our parents were taught or you know that they knew and so it's just a new world and for you know it can be uncomfortable sometimes sharing such a vulnerable part and admitting that i'm hurt i'm weak i'm you know this is you know really a sore spot for me it's just it's different for our culture. It's not something that you see or that's normal. And, you know, people want to, people feel more comfortable with happy feelings and 
Uh, you know, when you're happy, when you've got your Instagram highlights and things like that, like that's totally socially acceptable. <laughs> but the other stuff, some people can't take that. It's too much for them. And they're like, oh, like if you like, you know, sometimes you try to share with your mom that maybe you're sad about something and she's like, oh, it's okay. You're going to be all right. Get it, you know, get it together and pull yourself up. And it's just like, it's a whole cultural norm that has to shift, but it's just not that something we're not accustomed to. What is your vision for the world? <laughs> I, this is funny because I actually was just doing um, a program and the one of the questions were like, if you could give or have a billboard to the world, what would it be? And it would be, <laughs> go heal yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> go heal yourself. Like, get off the end of the go That's, to that's your the house. phrase. That's a phrase for 2020. <laughs> go heal <laughs> yourself. That's it. <laughs> it will, like be the best thing but yes that's that's my vision that people would be able to be more I think a lot of people still aren't even conscious about some of the ways in which trauma affects them and affects their decision they can feel like oh this is who I am this is my personality but actually this is who you are as a result of something traumatic that's happened to you this is not who you are but you're operating in this way because this is your coping mechanism for whatever happened. So certain beliefs, certain things that, you know, especially I, I would, ideally, I think it would be great if people, once they uh, hit 18 and get out their parents' house, if they went to therapy and started to understand how do they form their own view of life? Because when you're a kid, you really are just taking on your parents' view of life. If they have anxiety about something or whatever their fears are, it's usually being passed on to you. And it's not necessarily that you are consciously making that choice of like, oh, you know, I, I shouldn't be a dancer because, you know, I don't know how much dancers make. I need a more stable job. Like that's your parents' fear. That may not be your thing, but how do you work through that, work through disappointment of, you know, you're going to disappoint your parents if you go a different route and just, you know, what does that look like? That would be my ideal thing. I would love people to have like that space once they leave their parent, I'm being up under their parents and trying to find their way and grow in that aspect. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> what books are you reading now? Um, I am, what's the last book I read? Um, so I actually, in doing the the relationship course, there was uh, a book by Shan Bodie. I miss her last name up, Broody or Bodie. Anyway, it's called The Game of Desire. And so in doing the dating course, I was um, going over that book. And it's actually very interesting. And I think, you know, it's great in the sense, you know, we don't get any education around relationships and how to navigate dating and things of that nature. So she does, you know, ideally what I would like, I recommend to um, patients and clients is, you know, kind of understanding yourself first and going through the inner workings of like what you need, what's your attachment style. You know, we already know a lot about love language, but it really just does a breakdown of understanding who you are and spending that time with yourself, growing your confidence in yourself, it's, you know, even down to like clothes, maybe you don't wear clothes that properly fit you and, you know, things of that nature. So getting yourself together as a single before you're jumping out here dating. And then when you're out here dating, how do you date? Like, what, is, what does that look like? There's no, you know, we don't have any guidebook on that. So she um, puts in some very, like, great points that I would totally recommend. So that was a cool book. 
I need to get that book. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it or definitely take your course. I, I would I would be oh, happy to take your course. So what would you tell yourself five years from now? I'm like, how would I be? <laughs> <laughs> so five years from now, I would tell myself, you know, remember, because I imagine at this point I am kind of knee deep in my career and like, you know, got projects I'm trying to launch or, you know, maybe I'm moving to a leadership position. And, and sometimes when you've been at a certain place you're and, you know, doing something for a while, you kind of like feel like you slowed down and, and things of that nature, but just kind of remembering your why and like, why am I, why am I in this field? Why did I spend all this time in school? <laughs> uh, you know, and, and not to be complacent, but just to remember to keep growing, keep growing in knowledge. Right now I'm actually really getting interested into uh, stuff around financial literacy. And so I'm really into like real estate and understanding stocks. And there's a lot of like cool things out there. And so really just to remember, like never stop growing. Like my parents, they weren't well versed around like real estate and stocks. It was just, you know, get that good job and like, right. you know, yeah. you're going to be good. <laughs> but yeah. now stretching for the next generation, for my kids of like, okay, this is like, now that we have access with the internet, like, oh, this is what the wealthy are doing. So yeah. doing my, my part to get that and understand that, to set my kids up for, mm -hmm. uh, you know, better wealth, generational wealth, getting that all that going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on today, Dr. Courtney Howard. And, um, is there any last departing words that you want to share with everyone? Well, thanks for having me. I definitely have enjoyed being able to share. Um, and yeah, my, my billboard, <laughs> like go feel yourself. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing. I, I'm a testament of not just, not just that I'm seeing get therapy from like the psychiatrist perspective, but because I've actually also been in therapy and I know myself what's changed for me and like what I feel is possible for me and what I feel like I can accomplish from therapy. Like it's, it's just, it's a nice place. I, I mean, ideally when it's done right, um, it's just a nice place to be able to go and just be yourself, be unfiltered, be able to go, have somebody to go with you into areas of your life that you just have not thought about because it, it's been too scary to have somebody go there with you and, and kind of be able to push you a little bit to see certain things that maybe you, you just haven't been able to see and just shift perspectives and really someone to question like why and ask those things of yourself. And it just, ah, I just love it. And so I really just want the best for people. And I think part of people getting to their best is healing those things from their past. Dr. Courtney Howard, thank you so much. All right, so Dr. Courtney Howard said it best, go heal yourself. With everything that we're ha that's happening right now, a lot of us are working remotely. A lot of us are spending so much time on the computer, working so hard and trying to figure everything out. It is okay. It will be okay. Initiate those conversations. Find a friend that you can confine in. Start the conversation around how you're feeling. As Dr. Courtney Howard also said, develop your emotional toolbox and your toolkit. And even after doing this interview, I myself realized I have my own homework that I need to do. 
So I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Season, um, well, episode four is coming out on Monday. Stay tuned. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Subscribe on Spotify. All of that good stuff. We are so excited to keep bringing you so much relevant content. Be well. Be great. Be amazing. Be phenomenal. I will talk to you soon.